Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. My name is Moshe Kasher. That's my wife. Natasha Lagero. Moshe's leaving this week for Sad Burning Man. Well, I've been getting a lot of shit at the home front about the fact that I am, despite the fact that there's a pandemic, despite the fact that there is orange air qual- orange to red air quality, despite the fact I am a father of a toddler. I just have some. Well, you missed the biggest FOMO. Despite, you missed the biggest despite the fact there's no Burning Man. They've canceled the <laughs> event. It isn't happening. So who's gonna be there? Well, that is the great question. Is it not, Natasha? Who is going to be there and what will I encounter? <laughs> uh, it's, it's possible that I'm going to drive all the way out there and it's going to be a fucking just wreck of a shit show. Nothing cool to see. Just and how are you going to know where to park your play, your thing? What do you mean? Well, like at Burning Man, there is some organization to Right. It, they did take know? that away. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a wide open space now and it's just like oh kind of do- DIY. You, no, it's oh called... My- it's called PIY. What? Park it yourself. That is like so my idea of hell. Well, it's so funny to me that that I mean I'm happy that it's that you are are excited by something like that. Well, maybe this will make it a little <laughs> bit sweeter of a deal. Yeah. Uh It just sounds like a potential it, chaos. I was going to say it's potentially dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Like everything about it no, in the current there's climate. There's no one in control. There's no one organizing it. The the uh, it's a really a, there's a variant. The we're gonna I'm get the Burning Man the variant. De- I'm not worried about the Delta variant because I'm not gonna be inside. I'm gonna be outside the whole time. I mean, what am I? How would I get the Delta variant by making out with the hula hoop fire hula hooper? <laughs> I'm not. Well, yeah, I guess if it's something's a sex festival, a variant it's not would a spread. Not a sex festival. Right? You've well, been, not for you. You've been to Burning Man <laughs> twice, and you know it's not a sex festival. Well, it. I mean, it is a place where, like, if you're single, you're like, if you're single, so, go uh, answer this. If you're single, okay, going to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. What are the chances you're hoping you're going to get laid? I guess ninety nine. I guess it depends. What do you mean? If you're single, going to Starbucks, what are the chances you're hoping you're going to get laid? Ninety nine. Burning Man's different. It's not a sex festival. It's a <laughs> okay. festival where people have sex, just like every festival. Okay. You don't think people fucked at Woodstock? Oh yeah, but I mean, like, part of it is just kind of like being naked. Like we went for at the Dr. Bronner's like hundreds of people are just being pushed together naked. And you thought that was sexual. <laughs> that felt sexual to you? I'm not saying it felt sexual. It felt potentially sexual. I think it's interesting that you're such a prude. You equate n- nudity with sexuality. To I me, I'm, I'm, much, I'm much more of like a nudity is the state that we're born in. God <laughs> created us this way. There's nothing inherently sexual about the, the human body. But I guess if you need find the need to sexualize everyone that takes even one article of clothing off, (laughs) then that's your decision. Okay, listen. Talk to me in a week when you come back. All right, you know what? Tonight's a where are they now? Hold on, I'm going to talk to you about about it now. I'm not done with my thoughts. Okay, but I just want to say, just flash forward. Fat forward. Flash forward. Where are they now? 
Where I'm really curious if you had a fun Oh, you time. mean because we're doing a <laughs> Where Are They Now episode. Yeah. You can't wait for me to get home so we can do a Where Am I Now. <laughs> about Burning about Man. About sad Burning Man. <laughs> but yes, go ahead. What's your What's your take on it, Moshe? So, okay. It's a coin flip, right? That It might be. Okay. I've been going to Burning Man now. No, it's obviously going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going to Burning Man now since 1996. Okay. Okay. And I've gone every year since 2001. So I went in 96. I didn't go back to 2001. I went every year since uh, 2001. Last year was my first year off because they canceled it because of the pandemic. And this year they canceled it again. But a lot of people, but they did say like, you know, it's, it's BLM land. You're welcome to go. And a lot of people have decided to go. Right. So over the 20 years that I've been going, Burning Man, which I would say is a, it's a, uh, in terms of, curated human experiences on this planet it is among the most unique over-the-top spectacular things a, a human being can see and witness it doesn't mean you'll like it if you went oh my viewer you might hate it you might think it's for losers but you would definitely be like that was something to behold right it, it's it's big it's spectacular despite the fact that it's big and spectacular i've been going for so long that I was starting to get bored. It was starting to feel extremely repetitious. I felt like I'd seen it all. You never want to be in a position where there's like a, a woman being hung from flesh hooks, setting her pubic hair on fire while like a robotic rhinoceros like fucks her with a dildo and go, ugh, seen it, right? A little area for laughter there for you. And, uh, and that's what was happening to me. So now that it's been canceled twice and people are going, I'm like... There's a potential possibility. The odds of, of whackness and chaos are high. But the odds of me going and it being like something unique for the first time in 20 years, something I haven't seen in a long time, more akin to the Burning Man that I went to in 1996, where it was very lo-fi and very much more DIY and much more, much less rule-oriented and much more just kind of punk rock in a weird way. Uh, are there's a possibility that that's what's going to happen and I'm curious enough and it's been a big enough part of my life that I'm getting in the RV I'm packing a male friend in the passenger seat and we're going to jerk each other off all the way up to Gerlach, Nevada okay that you're actually a great person for my question you've been to 20 Burning Mans yeah now Why? when you didn't have a girlfriend what percent like would how many times did you have sex at a Burning Man you know that's would you a say everyone Oh, I thought you were asking me how many times have I... What's the time? What you're was trying it? to say it's not a sex you, What festival. was the Burning Man that I had the most times of sex at? No, I'm saying... Because I could answer that too. Did you ever have no sex? Yes. Okay. One year. Out of 20? Well, no. Actually, three years. No, wait. Yeah, no, two years. One, I had some kind of weird dry spell and I kind of had a good time anyway. And two, it was the first year that I went to Burning Man while we were together. And guess what, Tosh? Hmm. I never told you this. I didn't cheat on you. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Wow, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Really cool. So basically every one of them you've had sex at. It's yeah. Because uh, it's a sex festival. It's not a sex <laughs> festival. It's a festival where people have sex, much like all festivals. Do you, ever, do you think right. people ever got laid at the Monterey Pop Festival? They're not living there for two weeks. You think anybody ever got trying laid? Trying to reframe their lives. Ye old Coachella. <laughs>
But no, I mean, Hey, listen, I gave it three tries. It's a sexual festival. You went, you I know went what? three to times. Credit, that's a good amount. And yes. it still never really affected me to that your credit, profoundly. You went with a, you went with a closed mind and you, and, and you, a, and an eight month full pregnant belly. Eight month too. full. <laughs> I was like an advanced pregnancy. That was a huge and mistake. I did have an open mind. That was a mistake of mine. Inviting you while you were pregnant. Big mistake. That was probably the worst one. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not for everybody. It wasn't for Natasha, the most predictable plot twist of all time. But you you were impressed by it, were you not? Like it was yeah. a spectacle to behold. It was I, the spectacle thing. I don't really understand what you're saying, what you're talking about. Like the giant. Oh, the gang. Burning Man. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was cool. Large I guess. scale art, huge things on fire, buildings burning down, like crazy fireworks and explode. None of that. You were like, wow, cool. You didn't even have that thought once. Whoa, cool. I don't know. I just would rather like walk around New York, I think. <laughs> That's such a funny reaction to Burning Man. You know, yeah, this is okay, I guess. I'd rather walk around New York. Or maybe like Paris on Bastille Day or something. My thing has always been with Burning Man and everything else. You know, people go, like, I'd rather walk around in New York or whatever. I go, yeah, you can do that too. That's what's cool. About life. You get to do everything. Right. But the fact that you have to go to Burning Man, you also could be subject to like extreme heat, extreme cold, the dust storms, being super uncomfortable all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was so hot you couldn't even leave the room or the, you know, you couldn't even walk outside until like 7 p.m. And then sometimes it was so cold, your like feet were numb. Yeah. You sound like you had fun. (laughs) Listen, you know what? It's, it's possible the reason you didn't have a good time was that you weren't getting laid. <laughs> I was. Or Every were, time I, I guess, went. Right. I guess I was there providing you that service. Well, listen, I would like to talk to you in a week. Where are they now? I, I, I'm very curious if you're going to still be um, thinking that you're glad you went. I admit that this might be a foolish idea, but I got it all set up. I'm going to go in my truck. I'm going to stop at a place, a hot spring place on the way there. Me and my friend Andy are going to scrub each other's backs. Then we're going to drive a little further. We're going to jump in a river. Then we're going to go to Gerlach. Uh, and then we're going to go to the Black Rock Desert. We're going to stay only a few days. And if it's awful, I'm going to start my fucking truck and bail. I'm not, I, I don't feel like I have to stay. One thing, you skipped, a, a, you skipped something that I think is a really important step. Oh, tell me. Okay. When you get to Gerlach, yeah. pause. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Yeah. And be like, what's the vibe? What do you mean when I'm? You mean when I first get there? Yeah, like just like suss out what's happening. What do we? What do you mean? That is, I didn't skip that step. I said if it sucks, I leave. Oh, okay. What do you think I'm not observe that it sucks? And I don't know. It just seems like you could like get into a traffic jam. Or <laughs> what? I don't know. A traffic jam. I just think That's your worst case scenario. No, just like no, like a Burning Man traffic jam. Like oh, to get out hours or something. No, because or... there's nobody manning anything. No one's manning. But that it. just sounds like such potential chaos, Moshe. It is. Why do you want to drive into a city of because, chaos? Because I don't. Use, you don't want to be afraid. I, I just. It's not that I don't want to be afraid. It's that I don't use fear as my primary uh, uh, propulsion method through the world. Even during a pandemic. It is. What does the pandemic have to do? I don't do know. With everything's anything? more vulnerable. I don't. I, the pandemic. You, you is can not, get. You, you know, everything seems like a big decision. You know, just if if I go get my bangs cut, I could maybe kill my child. <laughs> oh, you mean by giving her COVID? I guess. I mean, I'm just saying. Like that's like the tone right now. Like Look, every single I, decision you make could be this thing that potentially. Like, COVID doesn't worry me at all. 
apropos of Burning And then Man. the fallout of COVID, people getting mad about, you know, there's just going to be a lot of fallout. There's going to uh, be a lot of like what? economic disparity. I'm just saying. Economic disparity? <laughs> We're, how, do we, how do we go from traffic jam to economic disparity and our child is dead? <laughs> I, I don't understand. My point is, there's no, I'm not worried about COVID in, in the desert. I'm not going to be indoors. I'm going to be basically camping outside. Uh, I'm going to test, by the way, on my way up and before I come back and share my bed with you. And the thing I'm more worried about is like getting run over by a dune buggy. Exactly. Right. But I'm not going to let fear run my life. Okay. I'm going to just go have a good time. Here's the, the take, take solace in this. I have a gigantic faith in my ability to take care of myself. I'm because I'm sober. I've been to Burning Man twenty times. I know the way people act. I know how to avoid sketchy people, sketchy things, and danger. I'm not saying I'm uh, invulnerable. I'm saying my spidey senses for personal self-preservation are very attuned up there, and I am not really worried about anything bad happening to me. But if I die, you get my half of the podcast. <laughs> Consider this a living will. And we'll see what happens in a week. All right. Well, I'm just saying. What maybe you, maybe I just look at things differently as a woman. Like the other day, we you went. You definitely on this, look at things differently and are a woman. Like the other day, we went on that really romantic. Do you think hike. there will be any women there? No, hold on. We went on that really romantic hike, and we were like, we were the only people. It was like this shady fern gulch, you know. Right. And there was this like kind of weird guy who looked. He felt like a little like hopped up or something, and he had a. He had a backpack on. Yeah, classic uh, stranger no, danger hold on. signals. Backpack, and then he's hop. like, he's like, he goes to Mo. She's like, "Hey, dude, is this a crawdaddy in here?" And and he's like leaning over a river in, on the bal on the balcony, and no one's around. And Moshe like leans over to look, and I'm just like, I just feel like as a woman, like if a man came up to me and he's like, "Hey, look." Look he, over this bridge. Look over this bridge. I'm going to knock you into it. I would never do that. But it's different because I'm a man and you were there with me. I agree with you that if I was... Uh, he kind of looked like you, were, you. He looked like he could take you out. But why would he take me out? You're right there. You'd run away. Maybe he's a crazy guy. I don't know. I, I just. Why would you want to live in a world where every, Be every single interaction is colored with the possibility of t catastrophe? I don't want to live like that. I mean, listen. But I will on. say it's hold like easy for, I'm just saying as a woman, I just have certain protectants up at all times. I feel times. that. I'm not saying, I, I, I'm not uh, brushing past the fact that as a woman, the interactions you have in the world are, are tinged with this different possibility of, of terror and uh, attack. And, and what is it that, I think Chelsea Peretti says, uh, but maybe she didn't make it up. Maybe this is a saying. I don't know. That uh, men are uh, afraid that women are going to laugh at them. M women are afraid men are going to kill them. Mm. Right? Like, but so I get that, that that's different. But first of all, uh, it is different when we're together. It wasn't a situation in a dark alley. It was a, it was a park. And we were, there were people in the park. It's not like we were in an isolated area. But also it's like he didn't have a mask on he, and he, he like summoned us over to look over a bridge. But it was a public park. I mean, there was nothing sketchy about that. If it was a dark alley, I'd be like, no, thank you. If you were by yourself, hell yeah, I'd be like, no, thank you. But the idea that something awful could happen because a man is remarking that there's a crawdad in the river 
when in broad daylight where there's tons of hikers around it's there was like, not tons of hikers around were, that is the point there was not one it was person not, you, you you're describing it like it was a dark alley but it wasn't it was like it was a public park it was like central park for the listeners who aren't in <laughs> la it was like central park um but natasha none of that has to do with sad burning man like what is that, that lots of women are going to go to sad burning man no i'm just saying like there, i don't know it just feels you're worried about tra- you're worried about being thrown over a bridge <laughs> t- traffic jams economic instability getting covid from your barber and giving it to our kid and she dies it's like uh, <laughs> a, i think the problem might not be my recklessness all right well maybe it's called new motherhood maybe Listen, maybe Listen, I, you know, I feel bad enough. I don't want to be this way. I'm going to start meditating more. Okay, listen, why don't we, why don't we listen to one of our callers? Well, wait, Where hold are on. they now? Right, we should set that up, right? Let's stop talking about me now. And let's talk about they now. Yeah. And um, we often say to our callers that call in at, when, we want it, when there's a dangling participle of what's going to happen to these people, we often say, keep in touch with our producer and let us know how it goes. And some of you do. And our producer, our producer, uh, she does a. She's got some uh, some, I would say, pers- personal problems. And um, and she often is unable to keep in touch with you guys because of some of the deep and severe personal problems that she has. Um, she's just. Got, I don't want to get into it, but they're personal and they're problems and they're big and they're catastrophic. Um, but I don't want to get into it. And she's not, she's here right now listening to me say this. So understand that this is said in, this isn't something I'm saying behind her back, that she's really fucked up. But um, just kidding about all of that. She's very together. The point is. Do you think she worries about getting pushed over a bridge by some well, weird guy no. hanging out being like, hey, mister, come here. Look at this crawdaddy. <laughs> no, and then that- you like bend over and he stabs <laughs> you in the back. And- but the point is. I understand. I said that. I didn't. I give that the deference that it was due. I I do understand. I do acknowledge that women walking through the world when they're by themselves, there's a different context for every interaction with the man. Oh, so because you're my bodyguard, <laughs> I don't have to be scared. Yes. Yes. What if I was with a girlfriend? It would be it would be less sketchy than if you were by yourself, don't you so think? So you're saying that a woman should pretty much to feel safe needs to have a man next to her no i just i just said i don't know why you're trying to trap me into saying something <laughs> problematic i just said if it's you and a girlfriend it's less sketchy than if you're by yourself okay yeah and if it's two girlfriends even better three girlfriends better yet five, hey gals come look at these crawdaddies <laughs> over the bridge five girlfriends you literally yet. like like put your head over the bridge <laughs> but i'm not worried that some guy's gonna like club me with a monkey wrench <laughs> That's not one of the things that enters into my worry. Anyway, I was I was building of something. Five gals, even better. Only protection better than five girlfriends. Yeah. One man. I mean, depends on the man. But I'm yeah, joking. you are pretty imposing with your mismatched socks and divas. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. Like, I can't even get the two of the same sock. You think that kind of it would intimidate some like? It's funny, honey. The the beginning of this episode, killer you were like, in the park. The beginning of this episode, you're like, <laughs> I just don't understand what's motivating you to want to go to the desert, far, far away, and no matter what, why do you need what? Why the need to do that? And then later on, you're like, 
Oh, you cuck of a man. Nobody would ever be intimidated by you, Mitch Massock, Tiva wearing bitch. You're You're why I'm going to the desert. You're the reason why I go. You're the reason it's worth the risk. I got to get out of (laughs) here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Often we ask our viewers, our callers, to keep in touch with us. And our producer keeps in touch with those of you that do. And tonight, we are going to catch up with a few of those old tales and see what... Uh, what developments there were. See where they are now. And if this is my last broadcast uh, as the co-host of the Endless Honeymoon podcast because I am run over and my spinal cord is severed by a dune buggy, I want to say it's been hecka real. I've hecka loved you. And thank you so much for your endless and undying support. And to all of the women that DM me and say, Natasha, Rides you like a cowboy riding a bull. I wouldn't take it for another day. Hundreds of DMs like that. With with the same cowboy metaphor. I want to say thank you, but I love my wife. And that's the only person I'm interested in. Hey, Moshe, I'm really sorry. You are, you you can be, I'm not saying I don't feel safe when I'm around you. <laughs> I don't care, honey. It's okay. I'm just saying it's it, it's just a funny idea to like. Roast me. I like it. I just think it's funny that you don't think that's essential to match your socks. <laughs> but that's okay that's not that whatever thanks hon you can pull it off that's what i like about you thanks hon you have such good style you can pull you can pull pretty much anything off you know what i appreciate that i think you have great style too i think you're intimidating i think that guy i don't need to be intimidating (laughs) i don't care i don't care i don't care he would have been really afraid of you I don't know what to tell you. He wasn't even intimidating. He wasn't a rape murderer. (laughs) He was just a guy looking at a crawdad. The proof was in the pudding. We looked, there was a crawdad, we walked away. In the end... But it just seemed weird in COVID for someone to like pull a stranger and be like, come here, with no mask on, and then like make you look over a bridge. Can we do the where are they now, or do you want to do where are the crawdads? (laughs) Where are the crawdads? Let's do it, let's do it. I just didn't let me respond. I felt bad. I just want to tell you. You def- I definitely feel protected. Do you feel intimidated by me? <laughs> like, like, do I think you're going to hurt me? Yeah, do you think I'm going to hurt you? No, I'm not intimidated oh, by you. Oh, for fuck's sake. But I, I am like, I definitely am impressed by you. I'm impressed by you too, honey. <laughs> All right. Where are they now? Episode begins right now. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know what I love? What? A good night's sleep. Oh, me too. Who doesn't? Well, I'll tell you who does now is your dad. Because Helix mattresses, who are... By the way, we're on the record saying that they're our favorite mattresses. Oh, we got a new one. We got a new one. We got a couple new ones from them. But we got one and, for our guest room. And we put it down when your dad was in town, and he helped me He helped me unfurl it. By the way, there's nothing more satisfying than popping the seal on a Helix mattress and watching it pop into this like beautiful, cushy firm foam mattress anyway whatever point is your dad slept on it that night you know what he said the next day what kind of mattress was that i'm getting one <laughs> and i was lucky enough to be able to tell him that you know what it's a helix mattress and helix is offering up to 200 dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our, our listeners and relatives at helixsleep.com slash honeymoon Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you. Actually, the mattress that we have, that we used to have, I would sweat and now I don't sweat. So I do think that has something to do with the mattress. For sure. With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for you and the way that you sleep. 
They, I filled out the quiz and I said Italian father-in-law and it, they sent me <laughs> the perfect mattress. No, they have soft, medium, firm. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. It's awesome. We took the quiz. We got this awesome mattress. We sleep on it every night. We freaking love it. If you're looking for a mattress, do it. Take the quiz. Order the mattress that you're matched to and the mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. That's right. Just go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. So the way this is going to work is some of the callers are here with us and going to talk to us on Zoom, and some of the callers just left voicemail updates of where they are now. So why don't we listen to one of those voicemails? Hey, Moshe, Natasha, this is Samantha and Bob. (laughs) We um, originally called in as a couple because uh, as we have a five-year-old daughter. Now six. Now six. (laughs) um, We're having to learn how to... uh, well, I'm having to learn how to be a little bit more quieter during sex. So we called in. You guys had some really good insight for us. Um, we have actually started to have uh, our daughter do more sleepovers with the grandparents. And I think that's been a good help. Yes, it definitely has. <laughs> I'm short-winded here. Tonight. Um, I've also been the nerd and um, tried to see whether or not uh, how much noise travels across the home. Um and I think we're actually just fine. We're just fine. Yeah, yeah. it's it's worked yeah. out good. But, I panicked. Um... <laughs> I was a bit of a panicker about it just because I didn't want to create some sort of lifelong trauma with the child. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think at this point we're doing very well. So Yeah, uh, sex life is good. And um, thank you guys for having us on. We love the podcast um, and hope you guys are doing well in COVID. Bye. COVID's just this new season of life now. <laughs> a, it's like a new... T- <laughs> have a merry COVID. I, what do you think he meant when he said uh, he's been a bit of a nerd? Did he set up like a little decibel counter, you it think, seems in like her bedroom? It, yeah. And then what did he do with his wife? Did he tell his wife, go into the bedroom and say like, oh, fuck yeah, over and over again? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's just not worth it. What's not worth it? To the... The trauma that you could, like, I'd rather just have sex in the day. What's not worth it? To, like, have really loud sex. What do you think would happen? It would be, like, horrifying to your child. No, it wouldn't. It'd be, yes, it would. It's just a gro- I grew up with it. It's just a gross out. It's not traumatic. What if they saw something? That could be traumatic. In what way? I don't know. What do you think would happen as a result of it? They could... What the caller said, too. He said it could be, like, lifelong trauma. I think he was joking. It's not lifelong trauma that your parents have sex. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you were, like, raw-dogging her in the ass while, like, the your... your that could happen. While your brother-in-law was fucking no, her. No. How about and, just raw-dogging ma- her in the ass, and then the baby comes in, the seven-year-old comes in? Well, you don't think I, that would have an effect on her? I feel like in the moment... Um, it would have to be pretty visually striking for it to register. You know, how about so, you're sitting on your husband's face? Sitting on your that's not gonna be that bad. 
I'm not trying to. Who's trying to? I just think you can have sex in the day. Nobody's trying to. I'm just. I'm just pushing. Or not be loud. I'm just night. pushing back on the idea that there's trauma associated with hearing your parents have sex. It's not traumatic. It's gross. I've heard it. Okay, then maybe the, the visual might be bad. Bad, but it's not going to ruin you. Might turn you into like having. I don't know. What? What's the worst case scenario? Also, do you think when he, when he went to his grand when they go to their grandparents, they're informing them of why she's having so many sleepovers? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> they're like, hey, guys, it's boning night. <laughs> well, by the way, they seem like a great couple. They do seem and sweet. And I love that they're like so into this like loud, real sex that, you know, they want to schedule it and... Get the kid out of the house. And I mean, it's that's really a win-win for everybody, right? The kids get to bond with the parent, the grandparents. You get to bond, you fluid get to bond. Bone, bone your husband. Yeah, bone your husband. Oh, that would be traumatic. Okay. What? If you walked in and you saw your mom boning the husband, pe- full-on pegging, hardcore, <laughs> big fat That would be dildo. confusing. It would be something to behold. Just a big old pegaroo. That would be rough. He's wearing a wig and like those garter garter belt panties, you know? So you're saying only heteronormative sex could not... No, what I'm saying is the more... Fuck up the kid. N- n- no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the more, um, the more unusual and kinky and visually stunning a thing, the more confusing it could be. So a person on top of another person... They're not even gonna read. They're gonna know it was sex. They're just be like, yeah, and they turn away. But you open the door and you see like your dad in like smeared mascara, like with another a stranger from the uh, the PTA pissing on him. Visually, you're gonna be like, okay, this is uh, what did I just uh, what did I just see? You'll say, all right, all right, that's what you'll say. Like our daughter is three, and I was like moving the Hulu channel back to like the kids, and she was like, oh, those people are tongue kissing. Right, and you're like, where the fuck? And did and, that come and like from? right away, of course, I'm like, who told you that? <laughs> you whatever. might be in a, a car, a traffic jam, or economic instability. I'm never getting my bangs cut again. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, you know, she's so innocent, I and know. I do want to like, you know, if she had never seen that flash of that. I don't know what it was. Uh, it was just two people kissing on a, you know, who. But how did show, she even know tongue kissing? It's I crazy. I know she just said it because I guess, or maybe it was. I don't really even know what she saw. Maybe she saw something that was more horror I or something with a tongue. But anyway, I just feel like she's so innocent. So if I don't show her stuff like that, she doesn't really know about it. And I like right. keeping that innocence as much as. I as guess I, I as, wasn't prepared I for know. that part of parenting. I think that's an important part, but I don't know. Could someone let me know? I don't know if that's important. But I didn't know that that was such a big part of it. And it was obvious now in hindsight, but such a big part of it is that you have this little being that's got consciousness, but doesn't have any experiences that, that weigh you down as a person. Doesn't have like, like the other day we sent her to her first school, um, her first day of preschool, she goes to a preschool called the uh, Manhattan School here in Los <laughs> Angeles. It's on the corner of Sepulveda and uh, uh, West 7th. But anyway, it's uh, 127 West Sepulveda, and there's a very uh, soft, There's a so- it's a soft target, but so you can get in very easily. But um, the we sent her to school with this um, uh, medallion, this like unicorn medallion. Right? Mm-hmm. Are you still 
reacting to my riff earlier? No. Oh. Uh, we sent her, and she at the end of the is this this is dumb thing that my 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 mom gave her. It's like a, it's it's actually just a keychain, but we've had it in our family since I was a kid. I don't even know why we still have it, but it's this little unicorn, and we turned it into like a medallion. Put a, a I think you did, Natasha. Put a piece of leather through it and turned it into like a necklace. So her first day of school, we sent her to school at this unicorn medallion, and she she went to school and she came back and. She she had told the kids there that her name she was her middle name. She was like, "Oh, my name is," and she started telling everyone that her middle name was a real name. And then she like at the end of the day took the medallion off. She's like, "I don't want to wear this. It's stupid, right?" And that night I was when I was uh, took her to to go to the bathroom. At uh, I was like putting her down. I started to think about that, and I started to get really emotional because I was like, "I don't even know if this is true." But my interpretation of it was that she got like embarrassed of it, like that she was wearing this kind of gaudy, you know, medallion and that she got she felt shame and was like, I'm not like these other kids. Nobody else has a medallion. I got to get rid of it. And she felt embarrassed. And that's why she wanted to like get it off of her. And I just had this feeling like I was I started to uh, to uh, punch the wall as hard as I could. No, I started to like get a little bit teary eyed or whatever, because I was like, oh, she's never experienced that feeling of shame. And it's such a familiar feeling as, as you get older and you're an adult, you know, being embarrassed or caring what other people think about you. And it takes 20, 30 years to start to go to start to have to, to care about that stuff less. But of course, I still experience shame. But it was like, oh, the first time she felt in, like shame. Uh, that's so sad. It's the worst of emotions in some way. And uh, she wasn't even right because then the next day she was happy. And you know, I might have been wrong about that. I'm just saying, no, but maybe it's fleeting, so maybe it's not something to be so sad about. It's well, it is fleeting, shame's always fleeting unless it like infects you. But the point is, it's this it's such a bad and negative and purely negative feeling like that feeling of just like I remember when I was a little kid, it's probably too long, but anyway, I remember when I was a little kid, how quickly it happens. I put this shirt on that said splash on it. And it was like, you know, probably it was the late 80s. So it had like puff paint of splashed. Like the design was like. Cool, bro. A splashed paint. And I thought it was so cool. Right. As I closed the door to walk to school, I was like, I'm off. This is sick. And then I got to my school, which was like two blocks away from my house. By the time I had gotten to school, I decided like I only the world's biggest loser would wear a splash shirt. Like this is so stupid. I look so dumb. I'm such an idiot. And I'm stuck in this shirt. Why was I? You know what I'm saying? So like it was like the difference between thinking I was like the coolest kid on earth and thinking like I was the biggest nerd in the world because of this shirt was like two blocks long. And then, I don't know. It's just a sad feeling to, that you you develop that 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 mag that is it like a gravitational pull, you know, caring what other people think about you. You can't avoid it. Right. There's no way out of it. I bet you some people don't have it. Ever? I don't think so. You can uh, discard it. I think you can work on it. You can definitely work on it. And everybody gets better as they get old. But some people naturally have it more than others. That's true. That's true. And some people are... Anyway, whatever. Point is, don't fuck in front of your kids. Send them to grandma. Okay, let's hear another one. Tina Tasha and Moshe. It's Jasmine from episode Tablet Time with Esther Pavitsky. I'd called asking for advice on my boyfriend and how to get over the fact that he cheated on me and gave me chlamydia twice. Since our call, I took Esther and Moshe's advice, which was to go to therapy, and it was helpful. I continued to stay with him and work through the trust issues. 
since then, we have moved in together. He hasn't cheated on me. I trust him now. We've taken a family vacation with his family and have a stronger relationship. Recently, I had an epiphany and realized that I think the reason I had been obsessing about this was, I guess, Esther and Moshe were correct. And I have a fetish of watching my boyfriend have sex with another girl. But obviously, in my fetish, I would eventually join in. So I guess that's the real reason why I was upset. It was about all the sneakiness, the lying, the omission of it all, which is probably where the resentment and the trust issues came from. But obviously, I still wanted to be with him because I was in love and it still turned me on to think of him having sex with someone else. I just wish I had been there for it. So to wrap it up, we are still together. So thank you, Natasha, Moshe, and Esther for all your advice. It helped, and I hope you guys are having a good one, and take care. Well, it seems like she went to a therapist, and they really talked through the issue, and it's. I think when you do start to find out why you're attracted to someone who has a certain thing or why uh, you feel a certain way and then you realize, oh, it's because of this, it sort of like demystifies everything and just kind of makes you more sensible almost. And it sounds like she kind of had a good, you know, some good therapy sessions. I just think this is like best absolute best case scenario for the guy that cheats twice and gives his girlfriend <laughs> chlamydia twice. <laughs> She sits him down. She's like, look. I probably told her to break up with him. I am going to stay with you, but I need to have threesomes with you all the time. <laughs> He's like, what? That's, that's the result? Uh, okay. Look, what's really upsetting me is that you fuck these other women and I'm not watching. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking, hearing her, you know, it's just like, it does no good to to judge other people's relationships by your own standards because everybody is so fucking different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like these people, she wants to be with him. She's decided infidelity is not a deal breaker. And in fact, in some parts of the infidelity, it's kind of hot to her. Well, fuck. It's not for me. That's not for me. But who are we to say? Who's anybody to say? She seems like she got what she's getting, what she was wanting, except for the chlamydia. I don't think she wanted that. And also, you know, this is... Uh hard time to stay together so that's great kudos to you may you never get chlamydia again and may you finally find the group sex of your deepest fantasies i wish we could talk to these people yeah i agree well i you know what i can make that happen can i can we talk to one yeah why don't i let me do a little work let me see if i can uh a producer's asleep in her car (laughs) but let me go out there and talk to her and see if she could get somebody on the actual line with us on the horn? On the horn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's get somebody on the horn. Our first in-person Zoom caller, or, you know, Zoom not in-person caller, is somebody that was on the John Daly episode. And uh, uh, I thought when I heard from our producer, who finally woke up, uh, that that's who we were going to call, I texted John and said, would you like to join us? I thought it'd be kind of funny if, if the three of us called her again. She was the COVID compliance officer from, I believe, the Bay Area. That was having, well, we can hear who it was. But anyway, why don't we bring old John Daly on the call, check in with him, see how he's doing, and then call this lady. Okay. 
someone asked me to zoom an hour before, I don't think I would. I well, look how cool he looks. <laughs> of course, he, hey. of course, he said yes. I just said if someone asked me to zoom an hour before, I would definitely say no. But you look awesome. Hey, I'm having a I'm having a quiet night. I'm reading my book. I'm I'm hanging out. Wait, you pull know? your book closer to the camera because it's in your <laughs> Zoom fuzziness in the background. What what is it? What book is it? Oh, the Overstory. It's called, it's called the Overstory. Yeah, it's about how trees communicate. Yeah, I read that. Well, I read part of that book. I got a little. I got to be honest. I got a little bored. It's a little boring, but I find it soothing. Yes, it is soothing. You look it's cool. Like a, Thanks, thanks. Deal with it. Hey, check this out. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Uh, do you, how many? What percentage of zooms do you do the deal with it glasses on? <laughs> like when you're pitching a show or doing an audition, do you do that? It's good to be here. <laughs> John, I miss seeing you. I know. I want to see. Let's hang out soon, guys. Well, John and I. We're, oh, you guys hang out. No, we had plans to hang out on Monday. We were all going surfing together. John came to the beach and just didn't... He went to a different part of the beach. And then when we got out of the car... I, was I like, wasn't going to fuck with what you guys were surfing on. I just couldn't... I couldn't deal with it. Oh, you mean it was like... Deal with it. The waves were too uh, crispy. How do you call them, honey? Deal with it. They're too... The waves are too crispy. <laughs> yeah, that's what you say. <laughs> all right. Well, John... Um, we thought because this caller, we're doing a, basically a where are they now episode. And we thought because this caller was somebody that we all three talked to, it might be fun to have you on when we call her back, uh, a pleasant surprise for her even. Oh, I think this is going to be huge for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to get off your chest before we start this call? Any, any, uh, thing you want to tell us or do you want to just get this over with and get back to the overstory? <laughs> Tell your people you love them. Mm -hmm. Don't let them die before you tell them you love them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and deal with it. <laughs> know what I'm saying? And if they deal do die, it. deal with it. Um, for the podcast-only listeners, really, we recommend you go on to YouTube and watch what John's doing because he's got some sunglasses that would really blow your mind, and you will not be able to deal with it. Yeah, it's a totally different thing when you see it. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Okay, we're going to call... Marissa. Marissa. There she is. Marissa. Hi, it's Natasha and John and Moshe again. How's it going? Hi. You know, when we heard you were coming back on, we called John and said, okay, we got to get you back on because Marissa's coming on. It's going to blow her fucking mind if now, you're here Marissa, too. Marissa, you know, we talk to a lot of people every day. Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Um, Marissa, can you remind us what what was happening and and what's happening now? Yeah, so I was um, I was working remotely as a contact tracer, and um, and I was I was I had a crush on one of my remote coworkers. Um, you were seeing him in the but Zoom, what happened? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Got it. Was he wearing those cool sunglasses? No, he wasn't. <laughs> Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We saw your eyes for a sec, John. <laughs> Fucked up. No, you didn't. <laughs> so we, what did we tell you to do? What was our advice? You guys told me to like flirt over text a little bit, like message him and just kind of reach out and, you know, get a feel. 
But the thing is, the next day in the Zoom meeting we had together, he was like, oh, my girlfriend Aww. lives with me. I was like, oh. But that's okay. nice of him, too. I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. it's good when people say that, too, because it does save your energy. It's also good that he said it before you started the flirtation campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I would. Yeah. Well, what if they break up? Can't you jump on that? Or what if you could make them break up? Yeah. yeah. Start driving <laughs> a wedge. What if. OK, I've got. Yeah. I have an idea. You're are you still working in the contract tracing stuff? No. Okay, well, well, whatever. At the time, what you could have done is you could have flagged her as being infected falsely, right? And isolate her, get her quarantining, right? And then you step in. Oh, it must be so hard to be so lonely right now. Wow, she got COVID. What a crazy coincidence that I was the COVID compliance contact tracer that discovered her positive result. Like, you wedge in there. Honey, Marissa's been through yeah. enough. Wait, so... That's what Eric Clapton did to George Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marissa, where are you now with your love life? Do you, do you have a crush on anybody? Well, right now, well, I moved back to my hometown in March. Isn't that the so, Bay Area or something? No, my hometown is actually Dallas. Oh, you moved from so, the Bay Area to Dallas. Yeah. Big Ooh. D. Yeah, the big D. <laughs> big D. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of like starting the, well, I went to clubs before the Delta variant started going crazy, but now I, I message people, but it's just hard because I don't message that often on the apps and I'll wait for like, I don't know. I'm really bad. Honestly, you seem like a raging club kid. I'm su I'm not surprised to hear that. You seem, I would have pegged you definitely for a club. No, but you know, mixing in going out with the apps, I think that's a good way to go. And I think it's really good that you were feeling at least in yourself that it was possible to maybe do a flirty text or email, you know? So it's like, that's an important energy to remember and you might need it again and here's a bright taking risks really here's another bright side uh if you want to get back into the contact tracing game you've texas is the the, the epicenter of the <laughs> covid19 virus right now you move it's like get you know what i'm saying you like went yeah. to the gold mine to the gold rush this is good you know i think like for a long time i was like really obsessed with like how i didn't date anyone and i couldn't get a date and now i feel like I'm like reconnecting with my family moving here. And I'm like, whoa, I have like all this like support and love that I never tapped into. I love that. That's so great because <laughs> that that is going to like bleed through your life in so many ways too. It's like, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. I love that. That's I, cool. I, I wish I could have that. <laughs> you know what to see the secret to DMing people is? Super easy. You want to slide into someone's DM? It's all about emojis. All right, you say something hardcore like, I'm obsessed with you, and then you put a emoji that is cute or weird. Like a tongue like, emoji. Like, you know, a bowl oh. of cereal. Like, <laughs> or like, I'm crazy. And, or you say something light, like, hey, what's up? And you write like four hearts. In a right, row. right. Oh, it, bel it belies the spirit of what you're saying in, in English. That's actually pretty good advice. You know, and you deal could, with that. You could also, Marissa. You could do that. You could apply that to 
the revelation, the this very beautiful revelation you're having around the support and love you have from your family, like slide into your into your parents' DMs and just say, I want you to know, like, I love how much love and support you guys have given me. And it's just filling me with everything I did. I didn't know that I needed. And now I finally know that it's what I've been looking for this whole time. And then it could just be like eggplant, 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 you know, like just kind of throw them off too. you know, use those emojis. Yeah. My family's the same way, except that without the support and love. <laughs> but I do go there and I spend time with them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great to to draw like finding other finding places to draw strength from, I think, is a very good goal. Also, like if nothing else has been revealed to me in the last two years, of being isolated from the world it's i mean this is a revelation that a lot of people have had but it's that life is all about the relationships that we pick up that we have in our life whether they're romantic whether they're family whether they're friendships it's these people that we are close to that get, that's the whole point of life life at that and surfing right john and the waves it's like it's like steven tyler once sang life is a journey not a destination <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's a friend you meet along the way, baby. And you can take that to the bank, deal with it. Yeah. Um, but really, Marissa, that's a deep that's a deep realization you had. I think that's really cool. I really think that's awesome. And by the way, the more I mean, this is cliche, but isn't it true? The more fulfilled you are with your life, the more uh, you, you know you're making yourself ready for the partner that will come. It's not about finding the right person. It's, uh, it's about becoming ready to be the right person. Right, Natasha? Yeah. All right. You gotta figure out what you want. What if I got really passionate? <laughs> you have no, no. Okay, well, Marissa, good luck to you. Oh wait, Marissa, before we let you go, what do you do? For, what are you doing for work now? Um. Well, I work for. I'm about to start a job with Goldman Sachs. Oh my god! Whoa. Love them. You went they from, are awesome. You went from I kind of hate myself for doing it, yeah. but I really money so. you went from saving humanity to trying to destroy it and that's a beautiful arc <laughs> as well that's so beautiful you should write to the ceo of goldman sachs and do uh, john's emoji trick jamie diamond <laughs> what's his name isn't his name jamie diamond never mind stupid all right marissa good luck to you Good luck to you at Goldman luck, Sachs. Honey. What a beautiful arc you've had. And tell your family we said hi. <laughs> I love you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Wow. She really sold out. <laughs> now that she's gone, now that she's gone, let's talk. She really sold out. No, she's great. She's the best. I remember, I remember the whole thing came back. Yeah, so. totally. Great. I remember really liking her energy, her being so sweet. And that was still very true until the toxic bomb drop at the end about Goldman Sachs. Hey, people got to live. Yes. I'm joking. I'm joking. You got to do what you got to do. Um, John, yeah. John, let's go surfing and actually see each other next time. Yeah, I got to go. I got to be at a place where it's easy, really easy. It was so easy, though. It Wait, hold matter. on. You're worse than Moshe? Stop that. That's rude. I'm sorry, Moshe. You're better than John. I have a new board. Also, I had a new board, and it didn't have a center fin. It only had the side fin, so I needed to go to a surf shop, but they weren't open until 11. 
But the next time we'll go, let's go to someplace. Yeah, I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal with. You the, couldn't deal with it. He didn't answer the you question. You couldn't deal with Who's it. Who's better, Mosh? I don't want to. I can't deal with the surf punks. You know, they get in your face and they want to <laughs> kick your ass for taking their wave. I can't I deal. Um. Yes. I can't deal with it. Will you, John? Will you just do me a favor and tell Natasha that I'm better than you at surfing? <laughs> no, Moshe is absolutely better than me yes. at surfing. Yeah. Really? Yeah, dude. Thank you. I can boogie board, but. Surfing, I mean, anyone can boogie board. Stephen Hawking went boogie boarding. <laughs> Stephen Hawking went Stephen boogie Hawking was, was, was catching tasty waves on that boogie board like, I am going to hang 10. <laughs> I am going to hang 10. <laughs> all right, well, let's go surfing. And Natasha, let's, let's hang out soon. Let's yeah, all invite, go why do you guys go to... Why ever go to like a beach that the girls can come to and like anytime okay well you should have it like so that we can all girls beach out. john you mean or, or we could <laughs> have dinner that sounds good too okay all okay, right bye, girls john. beach that's a good movie girls beach <laughs> okay yeah. bye-bye later dude thank you for joining bye. us bye later deal with it deal with it marissa was so sweet huh yes yeah and i think that uh you know it's hard to you know I feel like there's a tier of friends that you no longer have around you all the time, you know? So it is a little hard. Like who are the people who you're going to like draw support from? And you're so right that like the beginning of the pandemic was like everyone you've ever known checking in. And then the middle of the pandemic was like shaving off the people that you're like, Oh, I see. We don't really, we're not the people you're in touch with now. Those are your real friends. You think I kind of, I mean, listen, acquaintances and light friendships are, are, it are good. They're not bad. They're just the people that you still have around. But then your but fam- light friendships are fun because you can just go to a comedy show and like see 15 people you totally. like to talk to. But those aren't necessarily the people that you talk to every day in a pandemic. So it's like that's, that that's, level of your life is kind of like where John lived for me. You know, like I'm saying I never get to see people like that anymore. So that right. I'm just saying back to Marissa, you know, finding the people who finding sources to draw strength from and make you feel like good that's i guess family really is a good way to do that well that's what family's supposed to be is this like ultimate and unending unceasing source of support it's not always like that for people of course i know but but when it when it is it's like yeah it's the it's the, the the foundation of your i mean this whole idea that like you get old enough to move away from your family. It's such a modern idea because for, you know, most of human history, you, your family and you were like an unending connection and generation after generation, families would kind of stick together. And now it's less like that. But yeah, I, I liked her, her revelation is like a stressing out over romance. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, okay, so I'm not maybe lucky in that area, but I've got this... Right now. Right now, exactly. But i got this great source of love and connection that isn't romantic, but is more powerful than these fuckboys I'm meeting on Tinder. Do the kids still say Tinder? <laughs> anyway. Do you want to um, do another? Let's do another voicemail. Hi, this is Chris from St. Pete, Florida. Um, my wife, Carolyn, and I called in last November or December to ask for advice on uh, dealing with Santa and our three and a half year old daughter. Um, we weren't really excited about lying about Santa 
to our kiddo and um but we were also kind of like afraid that we were depriving her of some sort of I don't know, meaningful thing, um, or depriving her grandparents of some meaningful thing. Um, so ultimately we kind of just agreed to not say anything unless she asked. So we let our families go ahead and do their thing. We didn't really mention Santa at all. Um, she watched some Christmas specials. Family definitely mentioned Santa. Um, and you know, we decided if she asked if Santa was real, we would be honest with her. Um, then on Christmas Eve, it was my turn to put her to bed, and she just started, like, bawling, just crying and screaming. I don't want anyone to come into our house. I don't want anyone to come into our house. Um, and, like, by asking questions, I realized she was worried <laughs> because we hadn't had anyone in our house since the previous March um, that Santa coming into our house would get us sick. So it's actually like pretty sad. Um, she basically thought Santa delivering presents all around the world would turn into some sort of super variant. spreader event. And uh, yeah, the North so Pole variant. Told her, I was like, Santa's fake. Santa's not real. Uh, he's pretend. Don't worry, nobody's coming into our house. That's it. Uh, this year we're spending Christmas with my family, so we're going to have to deal with it all over again, though, I think. Thanks. That's incredible. The idea that Santa, I mean, it is so brutal and the sign of the times and hilarious that the idea that there's a child with anxiety that Santa's <laughs> going to come into their house and give them all COVID and kill her parents. <laughs> Only if you've been naughty, I guess, would Santa be able to give you COVID. By the way, ho, ho, ho is like a definitely a vector of infection. I mean, that's a that's the opposite of what you want a maskless person saying, mind you. Ho, ho. There's a lot of droplets in that H. Dude, I was raised Christian. I never believed in Santa Claus. Not ever? I don't. I cannot remember believing in him god they got off easy i mean what he just like comes down a chimney right right i guess so this is kind of a cat burglar and don't you know like aren't we already telling our daughter like what's a real animal and what's not like reindeer can't fly well that's the thing is people like argue like oh you're rob you're talking about innocence or like it's kids it's so difficult to be alive anyway the one just let them have the innocence of their imagination by telling them that a large man will sneak into their home and eat their cookies and leave them presents. That's like the, their counter argument is you're taking their innocence by saying Canada, Santa's not real. But then do kids think that some deer can fly? <laughs> I don't know, I guess. Santa deer? Oh, God. By the way, deers are getting COVID. I know. Speaking of which, so Santa could have gotten the COVID from his reindeers. <laughs> Golly, what a world. Anyway, best case scenario for these parents, they were able to tell their kid what they wanted to about Santa, which is that he's not real. And it was a relief, not a shattering of like a a, a desire to believe in a magical um, alcoholic who comes to your home. So that's kind of cool. They did a good parenting thing by saying Santa's not real. Love it. Our kid, by the way, when we get to Christmas parts of a book, she just says, uh, nope, skip. We don't celebrate Christmas. Loving that. Big parenting win. 
Big Jew win. Well, listen, why don't we hear from one more person? Okay. Hey, Moshe and Natasha, this is John uh, from Grand Rapids. Just checking back in. Um, currently boxed into a gas station in Cadillac, Michigan, the, the MAGA capital of, of Michigan by a MAGA classic car parade in a McDonald's parking lot and a MAGA pontoon boat parade um, on dry land. So that seems very on, on brand for Cadillac. Um, just calling to check in about the advice that you guys gave me about um, what to do as a single father of twin boys and having a lot of plates up in the air. I, remember. Um, I, I did not separate the boys. I thought about it. It just didn't seem very humane. So we didn't, we didn't go with that. I also kind of went halfway on your advice about finding someone on uh, a dating service, you know, that has, has kids and understands um, the, the busy life of having children. Though I did not look specifically for women with, um, with twins because that sounded terrifying to me uh, to have four children roughly the same age running around. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm just returning. We're on the, our way home from a, a three-day camping trip. I took the boys by myself camping and uh, feeling pretty empowered by that and um, kind of not feeling like taking any bullshit from anybody. So I feel like if, if, I, if I go on a date with someone and they're not really feeling the fact that I don't have a lot of money or that I don't have a lot of time on my hands, at this point, that's kind of on them. Um, so I'm feeling, you know, pretty confident in myself and, and uh, my ability to, you know, move forward in my life. And uh, that's partially thanks to you guys and your, your very helpful advice and your very helpful show. Anyways, thanks so much. Um, good luck with Delta variant. Peace out. <laughs> Heck yeah. You know, the sad part of that voicemail what? is when he said good luck with Delta variant, the people in the pontoon parade immediately heard him say that and attacked him. And those boys don't have a dad anymore. Oh, my God. I could not live around a MAGA parade. <laughs> In a MAGA parade down. Oh, my God. Well, that guy sounded like he was he had just kick, was kicking ass. Also, I will say one thing I remember when we went camping for the first time. And when I say camping, I mean that we slept in your RV. Sure. I've never done like the other kind where Tents. you sleep in the dirt. No, I don't. I'm not going to do that. But anyway, oh, I, when I when I came home, I just felt kind of like like I needed less. I felt totally. a little empowered. And I think that maybe camping can also give you that a little bit. Completely. So that's good. Simplicity. And, and again, he's drawing he's drawing strength from his family. And from like our, our last caller. And from our podcast. And from his his friends at the Endless Honeymoon podcast. Um that that guy sounded cool and I remember him. I remember him being very sweet, but he was having dealing with some like feeling overwhelmed by the fact that he had these two kids. And that he just was like trying to get, make money and trying to make things work and then trying to date on top of that. And it sounds like he felt like found out that he already had enough. It's kind of cool. I love it. Gotta say, I love it. Should we call someone? You want to do another call? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we are going to call. Caleb in Champlin. Oh, I thought his name was Champlin. We're going to call Champlin in Caleb, Minnesota. Oh, sorry. That's Caleb, Caleb in, in Champlin, Champlin, Minnesota. All right. Let's see if we can remember what this guy did, what his life was. Hello. Caleb. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Good. Well, you got a, a better setup than we do. <laughs> Thanks. You sound like <laughs> you're straight up FM radio right now. Thank you. Are you I appreciate pod- that. Are you a podcaster or something? You know, I actually used to have a podcast, so I got all the sh- the shit for it. 
Well, wow, we'll, we've had one for four years and we don't have the shit for it yet. It's so <laughs> really impressive. Um, Caleb, will you remind us of what... Uh, of wh- who you are, uh, what your problem is, and how we helped. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So I'm Caleb. I'm from Champlin, Minnesota. And we had called you, or I had called you rather, uh, two days before our baby was going to be born. And I was looking for parent advice and it was, uh, Dan Levy was here. That's right, yeah. Tell us, you were just about to have a baby. Now you have one. Yes, now we have one. We succeeded. And what did we tell you? What did we tell you? And how did it uh, come to fruition? Was it good advice? I think the best piece of advice I took away was not to worry when the baby sleeps a lot. I don't know if I had mentioned or not, but when I was a baby, my mom ended up taking me to the doctor because I was sleeping 23 hours a day, just waking up to eat. Whoa. And wow. he That's was like, sense. no, you just have a good baby. And <laughs> uh, I was the same. She was the same way. She completely emulated that. We had this six month grace period that no other parent gets where she just slept. And then she'd wake up, she'd be happy and agreeable, and she'd go back to sleep. And now she's teething, so now she's a living nightmare. But we, I can't complain because there was six months that she was just perfect. What did you stream? Did you Excuse? watch? Did you get to oh. an entire show on Netflix or what? What was? What do you spend that six months doing? God, I don't know. I guess I play a lot of Oculus, so I guess I was on my quest. Oh yeah. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Uh, I don't know if your producer mentioned it, but I actually another problems come up if you get the time to help me out with it. Oh, let's trying to trying to two for one it. Oh, yeah, I can I was Venmo to get you. Something for nothing, huh? <laughs> okay, Caleb, what happened yeah, now? We we have a she's eight months now. It was December when she was born. I don't know if this is too early or not, but she's obsessed with phones. And Did you get your eight-month-old a phone? No, that, <laughs> no, I'm not going there. But she wants our phones all the time, and no. it's like there's upsides and downsides. Like no. the upside no. is well, like he's not really thinking about getting her the phone. No, absolutely not. I just think don't let your kid hold your phone for two years if you can. I think. Yeah. N- n- listen, I'm less. I an- just. I was very. That was like the only thing I really cared about. I'm less anti-phone than Natasha is, but in the end, I think she was right. Like the your child will become obsessed with the phone no matter what you do and will and mine will too and so you should just i am i kind of think natasha's onto some wisdom shit keep the child from even touching the phone as long as you can do you guys look at your phones with the baby in the room oh hell yeah that's something i've started to feel so guilty about I me the, too <laughs> i had the worst day today because my kid um, she was watching TV for like two hours and then I was like, okay, let's go play in the yard. And then we ran around the yard for like 20 minutes. And then I gave her like a blueberry soda and she drank the whole thing. And then I was like, okay, do you want to go back in and watch something? And then she's like, yeah. And then she went, and w- went back in and watched something for like two hours while I just sit and stared at my phone. And like, I hated myself. The whole time, but like it was all I could do today. Do you treat TV the same way with her where it's like, let's keep the TV away from the kid? No, I just told you I let her watch four hours of it. I'm just saying. But I, I, I you know, I, I, I think that um, I think everyone has their own what you can do, whatever you want. But I, I just feel like really bad when I'm staring into this black vortex of nothingness, that energy 
for her to be around that, it just doesn't seem that positive. I am much more gentle on myself and us about that. I don't think it's like a harbinger of doom. I'm always like, I'm reading on here. I'm reading on my phone. <laughs> oh, I have to do emails. Mommy has to do some work. I do work on my phone. I, well, I just, I don't think it's as doom and gloom as Natasha does. She's pretty convinced that it's like the end of all of our brains. But I do think that by all I, I think that it's okay to be on your phone. I mean, look, it's obviously preferable, by far preferable to not be on your phone, but it's not that realistic to never be on the phone in front of your kid. It just doesn't really make sense. The way that we did it was we just told her this is for adults. It's the same way with, with wine. It's the same way with like my nicotine toothpicks that I use. Like these Caffeine. are this, yeah, coffee. This Tea. stuff is, this is adult stuff. And as she gets older, when you have a three-year-old, she's going to know that what's up a little bit. Eventually, because like like this next generation, they're going to be technomancers. Like they're going to be wizards. So what age do you let them? I don't know the answer to that. But I do do know that like because they're going to be so technomancery, there is no way that you're not going to turn them into like weird like woods children yeah. by keeping them away from the fo- from the phone for 2 years. So that's I think I'm with Natasha. I support Natasha in this. I just think it's like it's like evil like try to fight it if you can. It's not evil. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is evil If you have the energy to fight it just just do it. If it is evil then you need a tech- technomancer to fight off, ward off that spirit. That's true. But your kid is going to be technologically savvy no matter what you do. So I think keeping it like, you know, stimulus and brain as long as you lo-fi. can. Lo-fi. I think lo-fi if, if, you can, if you can handle it. I mean, again, this is from someone who failed today. <laughs> She's eight months and we're, we, we find these videos on our phone that she accidentally takes. And I think that's the part I'm going to miss about taking the phone away because she's she'll like they're so funny to find like her uh-huh. directing <laughs> style is very Lynchian. It'll be like <laughs> a, a, a slow pan to like a rubber duck in the room with like the ambient sound of her parents fighting in the background and it'll like zoom in <laughs> and then just cut to credits. But, but let, then, letting her do that, I don't think is that doesn't sound awful. What I think. No, but there, she's also called the police. <laughs> All right. Take that phone out of her hand. She's a Karen. You have a little baby Karen. No, but think about it. You're going to be dealing with your kid on the phone and their addiction their whole lives. So why not just like try to make their growth like just as lo-fi and in nature if possible. In, in nature can just that mean like mindset going go in. for a walk or whatever, you know, talk to them, sports cast what's going around just until they're two. Here's why just I... Just try to wait till they're two. Here's why I think Natasha's right. Because the phone... Well, it's also a very common belief. It's not just me making this yeah, up. But, I, but I'm but i less passionate. Natasha's hot I just, take. <laughs> but I've also like researched it a little bit. The phone is less... I'm, it, it inspires less passion in my life. But the reason I, that I think... What? No, translation. I You're addicted to your phone and you don't want me to... Sure, sure. <laughs> like, all I'm saying is... Uh, I, but I it, it also... I don't feel miserable all the t- every time I think about a telephone. Uh but what I think what about a cell phone? What? He's just called it. It's funny to call it a telephone. <laughs> it's a telephone. I guess it's a tele. Can you have you seen my telephone? <laughs> well, have you the- ever said that? Anyway, I'll try. I'm trying to get my point out, okay. which is complimenting you. The point sort of the point is it's not just to keep your kid's brain from becoming melted by the phone, but it's also that it's so once you open that seal, 
it's so easy to pass your kid the phone rather than uh, have to deal with parenting them. It's like the longer you can, you can be disciplined about that and you cannot be like, oh my God, here, just take this and you'll shut up. If Once you do that, you'll do that all the time. We have rules. Like she can look at the phone when we're on a long road trip and that's the only time that but she But looking can, at the phone means watching something. On, watching a TV, watching right, a, a, a show Right, she can't just like... I, I, I don't want her like using my phone and like finding music. And stuff. Yeah, it's so creepy when a kid knows how to swipe. Like you'll see a I kid know. at the restaurant and you can tell their mom just handed them the iPod to, or the iPad to shut up. Yeah, I mean, no my, my problem with it is I think just for the kid's attention span in general, it's just not that great. Here's the rule and we'll yeah. let you go with this. Sure. Once they start wiping, they can start swiping. <laughs> So when they can take care of it that, it rhymes so it tracks. Yes, That's perfect. Exactly. All right, Caleb. Good luck to you. Okay, Thanks for bye, calling, Caleb. guys. Yeah, good to see you again. Parenthood. Good to Mazel see you too. Tov. Thank you. Bye. Have fun in. Where does he live? Champlain. Champlain. <laughs> All right, Tosh. We got one last call. No more. One last call. More. One last call. One last caller. It's somebody from our live episode, and uh, it was the person that we roasted heavily with Emily Heller, and we've got her on the line as well. So we're going to have Emily bop in real quick, RQ. Emily's going to bop, and then we're going to call this fella, and then we're going to wrap it up. Emily. Hi, honey. Hi. I cannot believe you agreed to do this. I also can't believe it. I was fully (laughs) expecting a hard no. (laughs) But like these days, sometimes it's like, why not? Look. It's Saturday night at 1030. <laughs> of course, I'm home. <laughs> oh, what a world we live in now. Wait, Emily, how's it going? Do you have any any um, advice for us <laughs> yeah, yeah. in easing back into the world? Or do you want to get comfortable first? Easing back into the world? I'm like back in quarantine. My husband <sighs> got a breakthrough case a few weeks ago. Oh, He's better no. now. But yeah, I mean, like the last month we've just been home. <laughs> Wait, how'd he get it? We, he got it from someone vaccinated. Oh, my God. Was he living like a wild life, like traveling a lot? Here's the wild thing. It was like a friend of ours came to our house, hung out for a few hours. The next day she tested positive. She had tested negative like two days before. And then um, he got it and I didn't. How? How is that even possible? Oh, you just hap- ha- but that's happening a lot. Right. I've heard with these breakthrough cases. You're, you're like the third person I know or the fourth person I know whose partner didn't get it. But like a, I have a friend who just got it, but then he and his wife didn't get it or their kids. But the friend who got it had had cancer. So maybe like there could be maybe some people's bodies are more. You're saying I'm stronger. I don't yeah, know. I guess that's what this is saying. like, yeah. I mean, by the way, I flunked every science class. I'm only recently <laughs> interested in science since since uh, since this happened. Or it's so. possible. Yeah, that the, that the vaccine just has a different reaction to different people's bodies and is more robust in one body and not in the next. Who fucking knows? Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, wait, you did invite the person, the friend who tested positive into your house inside. Yeah. See, because that's the thing I can't quite get a, a read on. Like, you know, it's like someone said Lena Dunham's mom posted that she got it masked outside talking to a vaccinated friend. You know what I mean? So I'm like, OK, is that like is that really something that's happening? Where I we're don't think you can in a KN95 mask outside <laughs> I... with a vaccinated person getting COVID. Well, cause... I just read a study from Johns Hopkins that said that Lena Dunham's mom isn't a reliable scientific <laughs> source. That's what I, 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 I listen. I have no opinion on that. Yeah, it, it turns out that 
anecdotal evidence from a performance artist is uh, not recognized by the CDC. What if it? What if it made it to the upper echelons of the, of the CDC? Somebody runs in with a memo. Uh, Karen Karen Dunham just reported a breakthrough case outdoors in a KN95. But you guys, you act like... Her name is Lori Simmons, and she's sort of famous. Okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> and I don't think she's a performance artist. I don't actually know. I'm doing... But you guys are oh. acting like we have any guidance on this. This is all we have is like trolling the internet to try to figure <laughs> no. out what's happening. Right. I mean, it's like everything is so confusing. So anyway, yeah. but... I mean, I think just this... The My real takeaway is just the safest thing you can do is just take any medicine that says it's for a horse <laughs> yeah that's your, that's your takeaway <laughs> that's from my it. takeaway oh so it's not just this ivermectin it's all horse medication any horse medication <laughs> they also recommend just like making sure your mane is just like well maintained beautiful you have honestly i'm looking at you right now you do not have an unmaintained mane it looks really good. I should good. have showered today. It, no, that's it's <laughs> quite that. You know what? We just went to the gentle barn and pet horses. I wonder <gasps> if somehow we have an an upgraded um, immunity to COVID just from being that close just to the horses. Just from being close to but horses. I, I bet yeah. you there is something in our blood or something that is making. Or I don't know. I mean, I think it might be right. the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> There's some sort of force in our blood that's keeping us no, currently but, but from I'm getting saying COVID. from some vaccinated people okay did you and your boyfriend or you and your husband have the same vaccine we did and we got it on the exact same day but i think it might have also just been that he was talking to her for a little bit longer than i was right. we had like eight people over no the part and, we oh, don't did any of the other people get sick and, no he's the only one who who tested positive and i got a little sick but i never tested positive but he like fully like lost his sense of smell like wow. He was think, like sick. Emily, you seem like an expert on COVID. Is there any possibility we could get it from this Zoom <laughs> just by talking to you? Um, no, but like when he was really contagious, I had him like just like like just go fully into his nostril with a couple handkerchiefs and I am mailing you one. So oh. if you wouldn't mind looking <laughs> Why? That. Why are you mailing us that? This feels like an assassination attempt. I want you to boost your natural immunity. Oh, that's beautiful. We should have a, we should have had a party at your house where we all got it, so we could all recover from it and get those those hot uh, antibodies. All right, Emily, we've kept you long enough. Let's call this guy. It's okay, a weird... we don't remember. So all of this has just been on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's fine. Oh, you don't. Oh, we can cut it out if you want. No, can... there's no. I have no secrets. Okay. What well, does your husband? <laughs> <laughs> not not since he's married to me. Yeah, right. Um, we think I remember this guy. It was from the live show, and I think he was like we were making fun of him about um, looking like he was doing a headshot. I don't know if you're that. Oh yeah, like, any yeah. Bells. He was. He well, no, he looked like he was doing a self tape. That's right. Oh, that's a right. An audition for like a self tape audition. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's and see his if whole deal was like he wanted to have sex with a dog. Something like that. Yeah, he wanted to have sex with a dog. Let's see where he's at now. <laughs> Let's see if he closed the deal. <laughs> wait, are, we, are we calling? Wait, him? you're Alan shouldn't listen to this. He might get traumatized, actually. Uh, Hi. Hey, there Hello. you are. Still handsome after all these months. Look at you. <laughs> Did you right. book the gig? Was... Did you book the role? Oh, I booked it. Um, will you quickly yeah. remind us uh, of the issue we were having and what advice it was, if any, that we gave you? Yeah. Um, I was seeing someone new and their dog 
was uh, interrupting our sex life, you know, whining and whimpering and barking anytime we'd even make out. And uh, and she would shout, she would kind of like, you know, silence the dog in the middle of things. And I didn't know how to broach like, hey, yelling, you know, at the dog during sex is, you know. Throwing off your fuck rhythm. It's, it's, it's <laughs> making me come too soon. <laughs> I think that's the joke that I made at the time, probably. <laughs> was it probably? No, that's that's fresh. Oh, that's fresh. <laughs> because she was screaming, um, you know, Rover, come, right? And you assumed she was talking about you. You're and the dog's like, name is so Rover. obedient. Yeah. Um, what did we tell you besides making fun of you? I remember that. Uh, you did. You roasted me well. Um, Natasha said to just talk to her about it. She was like, I think you should just say how you feel. And I had not. I was like afraid to be like, hey, when you is your dog's great. But the, yeah, I had not said anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I did. Wait, well, you, well, you disregarded my advice and Moshe's advice. Yeah. What did we, what did <laughs> yeah. we tell you? You guys, you guys didn't give us. You didn't give me. I just remember Natasha no, you... being like, have you tried talking to her? And I was like. No, you guys made fun of her, fun of him, and then <laughs> and then Natasha stepped in like the adult that she is and told mm-hmm. you some good advice. Um, and so you talked to her. How did it go? What did you say? Um, I was like, "Hey, can we come up with like a solution for the dog because it is interrupting intimacy? It's like it's it's kind of a, a did, bummer." Did you use the word intimacy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably, honestly. I've been married three years, and if my husband used that word, I'd be like, whoa, I don't think we're there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, It is intense. So we're back to make fun of you a little bit more. But what what did what Good. what did end up happening? Did did it help? What where you don't what, sound you, that warm in a reenactment of yourself? Just saying. Oh yeah. I don't what? know. I mean, did she take it well? Um, yeah. She was like, oh yeah, I agree. It's really annoying, okay. and and uh, she was like, so we tried a bunch of different things. Like we put we put the cage, it was like his crate, in like another in the bathroom, closed the door, and he would you know, blast some music. The dog would blast music? <laughs> he would blast music. Who, the Baja man? Yeah. Oh, what else? <laughs> <laughs> Who let the dogs out, right? And he, it's a double entendre for him because he really would like somebody to let him out. But but how great that it became your problem together and you guys could start like figuring, I don't know what happened, but you know, maybe like it's, it, it shows you so much about more about the person, you know, like did she take it personally? No, she was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's figure this out. That's someone cool, right? That's or that's at least yeah. a cool way to respond to an issue. Wait, wait, wait. Are you guys still together? <laughs> we we are. Okay. And she she wasn't defensive at all. She was like, "This is annoying." Yeah, she's like, "I want." She's she was like, "I don't know what to do about it," and I was like, "Well, I don't know. Let's try covering the cr- crate with a blanket. That worked too. If he couldn't see us, it wasn't a problem for him." You know what else could work oh. is covering the covering the crate with like a lot of blankets, and then waiting a long time and then problem solved forever if you know what I mean <laughs> no more barking um so now what do you guys have sex without a dog barking it just is like it's all good now yeah yes do you have to do the blanket thing every time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a real it's like it does mess with the rhythm just of par- the night parakeet style 
<laughs> you know what you should do is get a kind of sexy blanket and like work it into the ritual. You know, it's like mm. like it ha- like a a bearskin rug that hangs from the from no. the wall and then oh, you rip it, should it down. Be like a poncho that oh, you wear good, and then good, you seductively yes, take yes. it off and throw it Bear- over the dog cage. Oh, Emily, that's great. It's like a, a Liberati reveal. <laughs> it's, part the, of the, it's part of it. I respect that you have a few rituals you have to do in the house before you have sex. You can handle that, right? Yeah. We've got to take our dogs off of our bed, right? The thing I respect the most is that <laughs> Natasha directly made it so that your love life went from being something really awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> to being healthy and good. Well, okay, wait. Follow-up question, like... is the sex good now that the dog doesn't interrupt it right now that you can focus on it was the dog barking covering up like other (laughs) that have now reared their heads real bad uh no no it's great that's awesome all right well uh, glad we could help yeah one more thing there's there is a an additional thing which was that i had not i i decided to tell her that i was on this podcast but i waited and that that became a wait, what else are you holding in? You didn't tell me about this dog thing, but you also didn't tell me. And so now we have a really honest and open thing. And she knows about your acting career. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Well, wow, it sounds like this podcast was a real breakthrough for your whole relationship in every way. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Emily, Natasha, look what we done did. Wow. I'm... Deeply ashamed of myself. <laughs> we regret. We regret it. <laughs> yeah. If I had known that the conversation we had would lead to like a healthy discussion of boundaries and sort of like you guys breaking through your initial problems, I just never would have come on this podcast in the first place. She wouldn't have agreed to do it. Yeah. And now she's regretting coming back for the second time. No, what? I'm glad I got. I'm glad I got closure. Yeah, it, that's all I've thought about since we recorded this. When was it? Three years ago? I don't know. <laughs> Straight through your husband's breakthrough diagnosis, you're like, whatever, yeah. dude. I'm not trying to think about that. I, what's happening with George and that dog? <laughs> okay, George, darling. Well, glad we could help you. Is your name George? It is George. Oh, good. All right, George. Thanks. Thank you so much. Good luck with the rest of your relationship. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Goodbye. Good night. Emily, Bye. you're so cool and so funny, and that was so great. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. Thank you. Thanks for agreeing to jump on at the very last minute. We miss you. We still miss you. I miss you, too. I mean, the good news is, like, we can see people again now, so maybe we can hang out sometime. Like, outside. Why can't we all just hang out outside? Outside. Oh, because the uh, sky is on fire. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> right in time. Right in time. I forgot. For the, del- the Delta variant surge will start to dwindle <sighs> just in time for California wildfire season. Maybe we really yeah. should start having Zoom dinners then, Moshe. Well, we'll do something. Okay. I- I've got to be honest. Uh, I-, I-, I miss you. And the fact that there was a breakthrough infection in your household makes me able to wait just a- that much longer to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I mean, our like our immunity's never been stronger. Oh, that's but so true. It, it, it does also make me feel like, well, fuck it, I'm just going back into quarantine. Totally. That was like it, that was a nice couple of months, but. <laughs> Is there a part of you? Was he basically fine, like sickness wise? Yeah, so he got like it, he had a super mild case. He was sick, um, but like not too bad, and you know he felt better pretty quickly but you know we still isolated as much as we could like there were six days when we weren't isolating at all and I don't know how I didn't get it um but then once he tested positive like he tested positive the day he lost his smell 
and he had tested negative two days before. And then like, but I had never tested positive. And, um, but yeah, he like, he recovered really quickly, but his sense of smell only started coming back like a few weeks later. It just started coming back like this week and it's kind of slow and it'll still be like, he'll wake up and like not have it for like an hour. Whoa. That's crazy. It's such a specific effect, like side effect of the sickness. And has, do you guys know if it has, has that ever been a side effect of something before? I, I like, don't know. In, I do wonder. One, it's like, oh, wait, I did learn an interesting thing about anosmia, which is like the loss of smell, yeah, which what? is, um, apparent, like I, another friend of mine had gotten a breakthrough infection and lost her sense of smell. And I was like, do you have any recommendations for like food that might be enjoyable to him without a sense of smell. And she told me that apparently Ben of Ben and Jerry's has had anosmia his entire life. Like he's never had a sense of smell. And that's why Ben and Jerry's ice cream has all that stuff in it because <laughs> it's texture. Right. He's like, he doesn't, he can't taste it really. Like he can't smell it. So he's just like, it's just sweet cream with just like a bunch of junk in there. And so wow. we got a bunch of Ben and Jerry's and it was like good for that him. That is crazy. Like, yeah. So, so weird to think about a guy going, well, I do have to eat unbelievably <laughs> high fat caloric ice cream, but how can I, even though it doesn't taste good to me, how can I make it physically enjoyable? I just can't believe this whole time, like we've been trusting someone who can't taste shit to make <laughs> our most delicious creams. Crazy. <laughs> um, Emily, did you take advantage of it at all? The week where you knew you did, I mean, were you just like not showering and just going crazy? Like somehow that would be different than the rest of the time no uh no i didn't i took no advantage of it all right and we weren't sleeping in the same bed for a while so i was like what's the fucking point well i'm glad everybody's healthy oh i was wondering i'll let you go but are you (laughs) is there part of you that's sad you didn't get it because it was so mild for him like you could have gotten it and experience like like battled the demon she wants to experience i don't know because she knows it'll be mild and kind of i don't know any part of you like my feeling is like it seems impossible that I wouldn't have gotten it. So what I think is I do think I was infected and I right. just had an extremely low viral load. Right, right. Like, oh, and it just wasn't being picked up. Well, yeah, or just like my vaccine just like did a really good job oh, yeah. <laughs> and like kept me from ever testing positive. But I maybe had like some some viral load or something. It was just not high enough to like get me really sick. Like I think I maybe was exposed and fought it. So I do think I might have I might have immunity as a result of that. But well, I don't then know. You should get oh, a that tattoo that says COVID-19 Survivor 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good move. Um, what if I got one that said COVID-19 Survivor 2016? People were just like. <laughs> I, br- I brought it over. <laughs> All right, Emily, we miss you. It's good to see you. I miss you, too. Bye, Talk Emily. to you guys soon. Thank hopefully. you for doing it. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Well, that was an exciting and fun episode of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. She is so funny. Where are they now? Now we know. Uh, We've done all of our due diligence. And maybe in the future we'll do another episode just like this one. Um, But I have one last thing, one last surprise that I want to Oh, do you have a surprise for me? Yeah. You're springing a surprise on me? I hate this. Well, get ready because I got a big whopper coming your way. Please tell me that's not what you have. If you want to leave a secret on our voicemail, call us at 213-222-8608. You can also be a guest on the podcast by emailing us at endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. All these episodes are on YouTube. It's such an easy way to listen. And you can see John's sunglasses trick on YouTube when you cannot see that. Subscribe to our channel. 
Yes, apple.co forward slash Endless Honeymoon. And we're on Instagram at Endless Honeymoon Pod. And finally, <clears throat> Natasha, what I wanted to tell you this whole time, and I've been thinking it this whole time, is that I love you. I love you too. 